for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello, my name is Jacob and welcome to episode 37 of the Folk Podcast. We have a kind of interesting episode today, as I hope many of our episodes are, but we have uh, Sherd's brother Josh on the show today, um, who's recently gotten into Norse paganism uh, through the course of us doing this podcast. So what we thought would be a really cool idea is for him to actually ask us questions that new practitioners often have. Um, this is probably something that we'll be doing to the day we all die, because I mean, with any hope, this uh, faith is going to attract more and more new people. And while, uh, you know, someone like, you know, all of us getting asked these questions all the time, it can get a little like, wow, I feel like I've answered these questions a million times, but we're going to have to keep doing it. So I hope this podcast is helpful for people getting into this faith for the first time, or, you know, for our listeners who have been part of the faith for a while, maybe it'll just be an interesting conversation and prepare you for when you get asked these questions. But Josh, I want to toss it off to, for you for a second. Um, just tell us about yourself and a little bit about your journey. Well, uh, like he said, I'm Sherd's brother. Um, so I kind of got into it because of him. <laughs> I didn't really know much about it until he started getting more involved with those community and such. And then, you know, something happened. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, this, that. And I, I kind of, you know, just kind of like, you know, that, that's cool. That's your thing, you know. But um, I think it really got me in was actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were at work and uh, when well, we went at work, we were, it was, we were wrapping up the day and big overcast clouds. And it was just, you knew it was about to storm like hard. And um, I was messing with Caleb about Thor and you know, you heard like the thunder rumbling and then I was like, I'm gonna wrestle you. Like, just like that. And he was like, okay. So, you know, we're brothers. So we're not gonna back down from a challenge from each other. And we start wrestling in the middle of the woods, just going at it, trying to take each other down. And we, neither one of us budges an inch. And we're, we're finally, all right, you know, we need to, wrap up, go home, call it a, week, a weekend, and we get done, and the loudest boom of thunder I've ever heard in my life just cracks, and the sky just fell out, like you could hardly see in front of you, the rain just, and yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> No, that's really cool. Um, I'm glad you were able to have a Thor experience as well, because I find a lot of people getting into this faith for the first time will often have an Odin experience. Um, so to have something like Thor, I think is a really great intro into the faith and a really good deity to follow right away. Um, but before we move into questions for you, I do want to pass it off to the co-host as well. And I guess, sure, if you have questions for him, even though you live with him. Um, but if we have any questions for him before we get into the actual topic with this episode. Um, I guess I got a quick question. Like, I know, obviously, having sure there as a good resource but have because of that situation have you done any of your own other like deep diving into some things you know i used to i'm on and off of machines at work so once upon a time i was running one for a good little while and i listened to the poetic edda and uh i knew that was a good place to start from videos podcast caleb churd and um so i was just listening to it you know i found some of the some of the really cool some humorous um and uh, that's pretty much it. I haven't really dove into much else. What did you say? Uh, not Loki. Well, no, it is Loki sauna. You said yeah, that's the one where he's like roasting all the gods. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think a lot of people's favorite 
tail from the head. I just so, like it. Have you listened to all of the folk podcast episodes? Uh, I think I got to, um, what's his name, Eric? Yeah. I think I did the second episode and I haven't really listened to it since. Hey, you made it pretty darn far. I was actually expecting you to only say like, oh, like three. <laughs> so, hey, oh, well, uh, there, there you go. go. <laughs> He went through that stint where he wasn't able to record, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I can listen to it now." Caleb doesn't, but no. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, all right. So moving into today's topic, I understand you've kind of formulated these questions for us. Um, so I definitely want to have a good general discussion about this um, to kind of like nurture our minds, but also maybe help you along your path as well. So uh, I'll leave it out to you. What's the first question you have for us as someone getting into Norse paganism for the first time? Well. Uh, I know a lot of people when they first like hop into it, like I know I've heard y'all talk about like a, honey, a honeymoon phase where you're like, oh, this is a sign, this is a sign, this is a sign, you know, and it's not really something that you can just be like, okay, no, that's not a sign, this is a sign, because I know everybody's walking to me, but like maybe something more on the lines of not everything's a sign, but this might be like kind of like a guidance of you should look more seriously at this sign versus this. I don't know if that's something I can help with or not. Um, okay, so I mean, yeah, every the honeymoon phase is definitely a real thing, and it, it's it's something that you have to kind of know is happening to you. And usually, the way that I've always felt it, because I mean, it happens, you know, even to myself. You kind of you hit these certain stints of where you go about your day to day business, and you recognize certain things as as you know, just oh, that's like a lambent here. That's a you know. Those are elves doing something, et cetera, et cetera. It like, becomes a lot more common um, everyday uh, practice. And so it, it does kind of get a little tricky to, to uh, oh, what's the way I'm looking for here? Um, Differentiate? Well, not quite that. The, the signs that you get later on tend to be a lot bigger, and there, but there tends to be a lot more gaps in between. Uh, so like starting out, I lost my train of thought, Jacob, never mind. All right, I'll pick it up for here. For here. So um, like something that's happened to me re uh, recently and something I've uh, begun to recognize about my own personal journey is that as you mature in this faith, um, you start, like the signs become less potent, but at the same time, you just accept them more. Like, you know, uh, most recently I went to the hospital. I don't know if I've even said this on the podcast. I don't think I did, but I went to the hospital for something. Um, I was having some issues and I sat there for like four and a half hours, like staring at a hospital wall, because that's what you do at a hospital while you wait for tests to come back. And, you know, I just had these really introspective thoughts and talks with myself and really like digested what I thought all of this meant. And to me, you know, it's like, there wasn't like this big spiritual revelation, but like there was still the spirituality behind it to help me through that thought process. So while at first you might have these giant spiritual revelations and then everything you see is a sign, I think eventually, as long as you stick with the path, like those things all kind of blend together into just your life. Like you kind of see your life as a series of signs and faded moments. So I really do think that um, these moments in your life become less you know, tumultuous, like they're not huge, big moments. They're just part of your life and part of your path. And I think, you know, that might seem bad at first where you're like, well, I really liked the big moments. But honestly, I think the goal of the spirituality of this path is to change how you live your life. And I think that's the best rewards you can ask for. Uh, that's definitely one thing that, I mean, it's not true. It happens to a lot of people, especially as you get further on in the practice or, you know, kind of like what Jacob was saying earlier, you, things become so normal to you that you just, you just accept them. And you don't really see them as like, you know, these grandiose signs so much anymore. And that's one thing like for starting out, 
is it's just don't let that that gap in between big moments or just moments break you down and prevent you from moving forward because that's always going to be the hardest part usually you can go you know for myself i'll go like three to four months without really having anything like big or major uh happen and you know a lot for a lot of people like i said starting out that can be really disheartening and very very difficult to keep pushing through because they think oh maybe i'm not being accepted by the the gods or for whatever reason they may come up with a lot of that comes from christianity as well just because i feel like I, I, maybe I really don't know the source of it, but this idea that we're le- disappointing the gods, um, you know, maybe it comes from media. I'm, I'm really not sure. But when you accept a religion, a spirituality that as, is a life path and, you know, and less so a faith, it's really just how you view the world and how you view the actions that happen to you and, and what the things others do, you know, that that's such a big thing. You know, it, it's so much bigger than like, oh, did I piss someone off? Like, no, like, I don't think really anyone is ever just like pissed off the gods. I, I don't know. I don't think they even have that as a capacity. That's not really a god to me. To me personally, that's not what a god actually cares for. They care, are you, you know, being true to yourself? Are you, you know, carrying out, you know, honor and reputation? And are you learning from them? Those kind of things. And the gods have such bigger picture things. You know, God, you know, Odin is a war bringer and like, you know, plays in wars on multiple sides. Like his care is so much bigger than being pissed off at you because you didn't give an offering the right way that once you start realizing those things, like those don't even matter anymore. I I would also have to agree with that. I think Christianity to a certain extent does play a role because, you know, especially here in North America, you're going to come from most likely some kind of Christian background. And it's that transition from Christianity into paganism that can be tricky. As a, I guess, well, somewhere, but I'm kind of in between between you know, Christianity and paganism myself. It's like going from this giant rule book of, I do this, I'm good. If I do this, I'm bad, you know, wrong. But to literally, there's not much source material at all or kind of ground rules for the religion. So you're like, okay, well, now I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like a learning thing. And I've, y'all said it a million times, religion of homework. So <laughs> it's not just all in a big bound book from God. <laughs> well, I was actually uh, typing this out. Like I had an answer to, uh, hopefully it'll release here soon. I was uh, asked to do a, an article for uh, like a university newsletter or like a newspaper or something like that, um, which was, it's really interesting because it was like a law school. Like it was like meant to help lawyers. And they were asking me questions. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but like, I'm, I'm glad you think my content is worthy of this. Um, but one of the questions they asked me is like, and, and like basically what is Norse paganism? And I, I really went on this own tangent where I was like, I think a lot of people look for those Christian equivalents. And I started listing what the basic tenets of Christianity are. And when I started writing things like holy book, uh, you know, uh, and like sins, I'm like, we really don't have that. And when we don't have those things, I think it really throws people off. Like, the only moral code we have is, you know, maintaining one's honor and reputation. And that's basically it. And that's a very vague thing. I think the other big thing too, that kind of makes it difficult for people to differentiate or like to branch out from is with, you know, Christianity as a, as the prime example is that you have a very defined good and evil. We don't really have a good and evil. It is order and chaos. And that's a difficult thing for people to start to accept and learn, I think, starting out. So, uh, like, I just, and then another thing I kind of was going to ask y'all about is, you know, like we said, mostly kind of North America, at least, come from Christian backgrounds. It's not just 
go to church every Sunday, pray, then you can do whatever you want for the week, try again Sunday. You know, it's it's a more of a living religion where a lot of stuff you do goes into your day-to-day -day activities from what I've seen and what, you know, I've talked to Caleb. So, you know, that's a good resource for me that not a lot of people have. And, um, but like, as far as what kind of day-to-day -day practices would go on, because like I said, a lot of people aren't used to day-to-day -day practice coming from Christianity. Honestly, I think to me, it, it really is the, you know, the, it's the small changes. Like I've noticed the longer I followed this pagan path, like I'm just more thankful for beauty. Like when it's a really nice day, I'm like, dang, it is a beautiful day. And like everyone I meet, I'm like, man, it is a beautiful day. And I'm not just making small talk. I'm just like, no, it's like, hail this day. Like, let's go give some offerings under the sun. Like who wants to join me? Like, I'm just so excited for when something is wonderful because life is hard. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the, like the heathen path and Norse pagan path in general is that it doesn't sugarcoat life. Life is brutal. Life is hard. And I think that's definitely because it came from a very brutal place and a very brutal time. And so the world hasn't changed that much. Like we might be a little bit more civilized, quote unquote, but life hasn't changed. Life is still hard. Um, we have much new, uh, m much different things to, uh, to tackle nowadays. And so I think a religion that just tells you right out, like life kind of sucks sometimes, but here's how you get through it. You know, here's what you need to be thankful for. You know, the have them all tells you, you know, a few times where it's like, do you have a roof over your head? Do you have food in your belly? Do you have friends? Great. Treat those with respect because those are the good parts of life. And I think this modern world has really not let us enjoy those small, simple pleasures that really are the best parts about being alive. Yeah, that's that's actually one thing that um, I like so much more about Norse paganism is that in our modern time, we're supposed to be more individualized and focus on ourselves and, you know, what we do, it really all that matters is ourselves. But then you come to this religion where it's like, you know, everybody's like a big family and it's not just, well, you have a problem, figure it out. You know, it's like, hey, what, what, you, what do you need? You know, what can I help with? You know, it's a lot better environment that people can come to and feel more accepted and I think that's another thing a lot of new people don't realize is that there are it's a community like it's not just like a church congregation you leave your separate ways they talk about you behind your back and like, like you know it's more of a like a community <laughs> I have not had the moment the opportunity to speak because I've had literally every time I try to my wife and my daughter come up here so I just want to apologize because I'm not being able to um contribute how dare you be a family yeah. man? Yeah, for real. But it, I swear, it's every time I, we go to record. Every time we start recording. So, question I had for you was, whenever you um, you had your moment with Thor, um, and you know realized that you know the gods were were real and there was something to this, did it feel like it was something that you'd been searching for and you didn't realize it? Well, to tell the truth, I feel like I've had um experiences with other other deities that i'm not sure what it was one way or the other and caleb can attest to this i just kind of pushed it off and was like yeah no that's caleb's thing that's not my thing you know and then when it came to that thor moment it all came to a head i was like okay you know all right i'll, I'll give in that that's it uh you win because <laughs> um uh about a month or two before that I was driving around with a coworker, and um, big open open field. There wasn't anything. It was a beautiful sunny day, nothing in the sky. And I'm driving the truck, and all of a sudden, 
I just see a single drop of blood just hit right in my like right in front of my eyes where I'm looking at the room. And I was like, that's weird. That's odd. Yeah, I kind of look around, you know, as I'm driving, nothing in the sky, just random blood. <laughs> and um, yeah, just some other weird occurrences here and there that I talked to him. He's like, you know, this probably this, probably this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> With paganism, and this is covering paganism as a whole, is it, it focuses more on the life that you are living in now and not where you're going afterward. And that's the big thing. You know, I've had plenty of conversations with people who are Christian where they're like, oh, like, where's your bad place? Or you're going to a bad place when you die. Like, no, we don't really have that. You know what I mean? It's like, so we don't have the sense of fear of living our lives in such a specific way to end up be going to a good place. We just have various places that we're going to go that are going to be very, you know, different types of good or where we're supposed to be. So it gives us the ability to really focus on living in the now without necessarily having to worry about where we're going in the end, so to speak. And I think that's a big thing on why, like it, it, a lot more people that I've noticed, at least being part of the community and stuff like that tend to be a lot happier. I've noticed than like, other groups of, of, of people, you know what I mean? It's just something that I've picked up on. Well, something I've noticed too. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, you know, comment on with Ian is he's definitely not wrong because, you know, coming from being a preacher as, as a Christian and stuff like that to a pagan, that was the biggest change I had to come to terms with is that I no longer focus on where I'm going. I need to focus on what I'm doing here. And I was just going to add to that what you were saying, because like even just listening to the podcast, you know, talking to the different folk and everything, it's like, you know, they seem a lot happier talking to each other than the millions of conversations I've heard in the church. Like, like they genuinely enjoy each other's connection. And like Ian was saying, and from what I've heard from Caleb and his stories and stuff, you know, it's more about enjoying your life here because it doesn't really, you know, it, I guess it matters kind of, but at the same time, it's like you're not working to this brand goal of just hoping to please a big deity so you end up in a nice place it's just you know there's it's whatever <laughs> well i think yeah. a big part of that is the idea of a, a living tradition or a living religion where i feel like christianity is very set in stone and whenever it does try to change it's very eruptive <laughs> and it's usually not a very pleasant thing when christianity decides to change because usually it just means there's a bunch of splits in the religion whereas i think one of the things that's beautiful about heathenry and norse paganism is that it's allowed to change or at least the majority of people seem to think it's okay for it to be allowed to change there's definitely some people that don't want it to change from the base knowledge that we have but you know when someone comes up to me at a gathering they're like whoa i just had this crazy experience with tear and i'm like whoa tell me more bro and like we learn from each other's experiences where i feel like in a christian setting you don't really come up and you're like guys like god just like kind of talked to me and it was pretty wild and like we were just like chilling in the woods and i got some like, great revelations about my life like I never heard that in a church and like to hear that and accept it and be in a group of people that accept that other people are having these experiences with other deities is really awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. If you said that in the church, they'd probably just look at you like you're crazy and try to like cleanse the demon or something. <laughs> oh, you were just talking to the devil. Yeah. Devil seems to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, you got any more questions? Yeah, for time's sake, probably another question. Oh, man. Um, this is why we gave you the pen and paper. Yeah, I know. And I, I, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the paper just like I drew a blank in my head. <laughs> I can't put ideas of the paper if they're not in my head. But um, actually, no, um, 
for, for like a good generalization, like a, a one more time kind of thing, you know, other than like the poetic ad and the, the hobble ball, like what is a good beginner book, I guess, or books or other than, you know, the wisdom of YouTube, which everybody should probably go watch, um, you know, anything outside of that? Um, so I'm doing my research right now on the prose and the poetic edda just to like get a good baseline. So essentially you have two, um, it's not even hard to, it's, they're really not even firsthand accounts. They're really secondhand accounts of the Norse deities because we really have very few bits of information on firsthand accounts of people worshiping these gods in a pre-Christian Scandinavian society um, outside of maybe Germania, but even that's not a firsthand account. It's an account by someone else who witnessed the Germanic people worship these gods. And I only think Tacitus actually saw them. I think he was hearing from other people and compiling these, compiling these stories. Um, so we have very few firsthand accounts of people worshiping these deities. Um, but I think having prose and poetic at a base clear must, I, I really don't like putting them in any atmosphere where they are a holy book because they're not. There really is no one holy book. Um, so I think in order to get a good book collection, you need a prose and poetic edda, and then I think you need a history book. I think you need a history of the Viking age, a history of the you know pre-Christian Scandinavian peoples. Um, and I, I think that's gonna give you a nice range because a lot of my knowledge that I've, I've gotten, especially about things like the afterlife have come from history books where you look at the burial practices of pre-Christian Scandinavian and Germanic people, um, or you look at the ritual clothing that we still have exists. I mean, we still, we do have evidence of like vulvas, like, you know, actual cirruses, like we've have their clothing, we have their scepters. What can we learn from those? Um, so I think it's really important to have a good history base. I mean, I know it, it hurts me when I start talking about it because I feel like my head's about to explode when I realize how much I know about the year between, you know, like 300 CE and like 1000 CE when it comes to Scandinavia. It kind of just like explodes out of my mind. <laughs> but I think that's really important to actually know this faith well in a historical context. I would also add uh, at least Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. It's really good, you know, if you're going to work with some of these deities like Thor or Odin or Frigg or Freya, uh, to kind of have the stories the, of the, the lore that was passed down orally from generation on the generation and kind of help paint a picture of what the gods were like, or at least how they were told. Well, yeah, like, uh, I mean, his stories are all based on the prose and Poetic Edda, but if you've ever tried to read the prose Edda, it's incredibly dry and boring. So really what he's done is taken those stories and modernized them so they're more enjoyable to read. But I think he does a really good job honoring how the deities would have been in those situations. Yeah, because the Poetic Edda, the audiobook is um, informative, but it's, if I wasn't doing something at the time of listening to it, I probably would have fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking at like something like the Volaspa, I think is a really beautiful poem. Um, but as far as like some of them, like, uh, like I'm trying to think like this, um, what's the, uh, like the Volaspa and Skama is like a really dry read because it's mostly just telling the lineage of this one guy and it's like, oh, kill me. I actually had thought of something that I can't think of now. Advice for Norse pagans, use your pens and paper and write things down. <laughs> write things down, go outside. Yes, yes, in that order. <laughs> write down things, and then the first thing you write down is go outside. <laughs> <laughs> then you come back and write down. <laughs> Journal. Well, honestly, that's, a, that's kind of a thing I've actually been working in my mind right now that I might be putting into a video is 
use it, bringing a, a journal of observation of the natural world, like get a, get a nice notebook. You know, most people on the pagan path love leather bound books. I love them. Take it with you out when you go out into nature and, you know, screw what the science books say. Yeah. That like people have already recorded what the birds in your area do. They already wrote down everything there is to know about a tree, but use your own eyes and observe what you see and write down what you witness, because something I'm really trying to work on is like, thinking of how the ancestors discovered these gods. How did they interact with them? Or how did they put names to them? And they did it with their own eyes. They did it with their, their stories they shared. So I think that's where we pick up the pieces is we observe with our own eyes what happens in the natural world. And then we share what we hear. And I think writing that down is a really good step to that. Or just looking at pictures of Norway and you look at how beautiful and big that country is. And you're like, yeah, I can see why they believe, you know, God's stuff walk the earth. Hey man, Kentucky's pretty cool too. <laughs> oh, I mean, I love Texas. We all know this. Texas is a lot. It's got everything. <laughs> now, don't get it started. He's like, oh, you're all right. Okay. All right. I don't know. Like, I, I think of some questions like, you know, what are some practices for beginners to get into? But I just think back of all the podcasts I've heard this to, and y'all pretty much answered a lot of good stuff. No, it's okay. It's okay. We need to answer those questions again. <laughs> it's like, you know, like. Maybe it's just because I, I know more than I probably uh, somebody who's just walking in blind wood. They're like, I have the obvious, you know, you don't need to rush into like studying runes and stuff like that. Like, you don't need to really rush anything, and it'll come to you naturally as you kind of go at your own pace, you know. Not like, oh, well, this guy can do all this. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a thing in the community. Like, oh, well, you know. I think some people do tend to rush when they first get new in this faith. I've seen it in the Discord time too. I know Ian and Jacob also and Caleb have. Where you get excited because this is new, and you're still in that honeymoon phase. You're like, oh, you know, I, I gotta worship these gods. I gotta learn the runes because that's part of the, you know, the the lore and the culture. And you know, you just need to slow down, like we said before, and take your time. And we can go back to the episode where Ian got stuck on the stairs and, and just listen to that <laughs> podcast episode. Take it just that. like one step, you know, at a time. We don't talk about <laughs> the that stair. episode. We don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, but I do think that, um, you know, getting into this faith, I do think there's, you know, is that rush to talk to all the gods and things like that. I obviously experiment to see what works for you. Um, but, you know, here I am. I operate the wisdom of Odin full-time, have been for the last eight months. So my life is literally Norse paganism at this point. And I talk to four and a half deities. I barely understand the runes. And what's that face, Ian, the other, the 0.5? I have to yeah, that. yeah, the half. <laughs> I, I just like, it's like, I, I feel like, you know, I haven't made that stable connection yet, but like, I'm trying, you know, it's like, it's New York. Like I've made a couple offerings in New York. I have a tattoo. I kind of devoted to them, but I feel like I haven't really dove into them yet. You know, um, Texas, we'll take you down the beach. It'll be all right. <laughs> you know, our beaches are gross. Don't do that. <laughs> no. well, gross. Yeah, I'll be going, uh, you know, I'll be going to a beach here soon. So, you know, I'll just like, uh, I will say this. Right, no, I was just going to say, I will say this right here. As far as the, like most of my connection with New York has come through like fatherhood and stuff like that. So, I mean, stuff you've got planned, you're, you know, you're already going to yeah, get there. I mean, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll have three children by next year. Just go have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, and like, and that's the thing. It's just like, look, you know, I've made this my life and I am nowhere near perfect in any of this, especially like the runes terrify me still. You know, I probably only know like, 
seven of the runes. Like at this point, there's only like seven that I feel comfortable with. So it's why I don't even, I typically don't do rune pools for other people. Um, just because like if the other 15 runes pop up, 16 runes, I'm going to be like, well, I don't really know what those mean because I haven't really studied them enough. But if you get the the seven I really know, I'm going to give you a really complex answer. <laughs> I think another thing too that like a lot of people get caught up in is having these like crazy altars. I know I've said it before in the in previous episodes because we have a, a strong amount of people on uh, you know social media platforms and you have some of these you know, witchy pagan Instagrams and stuff like that, where, you know, they, they post these pictures of like these super intricate over the top altars, all this stuff that it's something that you would see out of like Harry Potter or something like that, you know, that you're just like, oh, I need to have that. That looks really cool. Like this is what like an, an altar looks like. Like, no, that, that really, that's the one thing that I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in as well as some of the aesthetic stuff, because you really don't need that. And I mean, I've said it, a million times in the discord i've said it you know before on the podcast i've said it to a lot of people in person like it's not about like what you're giving or what you have it's what the intention behind it is and that's definitely something i will continue to say until the day i die and probably thereafter but it's it's that's definitely something that i think starting out is a big thing that a lot of people fall into is the aesthetic stuff as well when like you will gather things that have meaning that you put on an altar yeah exactly like you just do you go to a gathering you go hiking or or you know you just spend some time in nature and you will find things whether it's cool rocks or bones or sticks I have a lot of sticks now yeah there's something i was going to ask about is where to start on like altars and stuff like that but that pretty much answered it without me asking so <laughs> baker you got something yeah so just going back to the previous question about um what like what to work like how to how to start your worship things like that i can't remember the exact words but i know i've said it before on the podcast and i know i'll say it another thousand times before i die but it's just just go with what feels natural to a point you know don't go and give a blood offering to something in your first week that's stupid don't do it you don't know what you're doing yet okay save that for a lot later um but you know focus on your ancestors you can do stuff like that uh, land the tear is always good. Um, you know, like I said, just go with your gut and your and you know what your instincts tell you to a point. Just don't go off the cliff. That's a, another thing I was going to ask about is, um, you know, where is a good place to learn pretty much like the vocabulary of the religion? Because there's a lot of like, you know, listen to the podcast. I listen to words. I'm like, yeah, you know, that sounds cool. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds cool. You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you can say bloat, you know, there's a lot of people like, you know, it's particularly, you know, like the hardcore reconstructionists, they only use the language, they say things like bloat or sample or whatever, and they won't defer, like go away from that language. Whereas I think the beauty of like the more Norse pagan path is it's a little bit more fluid, you know, it's a little less strict. Um, and so like, I say things like offerings, I rarely say the word bloat. Like, I mean, I might do it as a title, like, hey, we're having a Frere's bloat, but I'm not really going to say it outside of that. It's really just a fancy title for it. Um, and so I think there's there's certain, you know, sides of that where it's like we say skull, you know, some people get really anal about how often people say skull. And it's like, it's really just become this modern greeting. And that's where we get into that, you know, this uh, the, the modern evolution of this faith. Like, yes, maybe skull at one point was only a cheers. 
But now it's become so much more than that. It's become a way to show who we are. You know, if I'm at a bar and I see someone, you know, that has a Norse pagan tattoo and we start talking about it and then we, you know, say skull when we leave, it's like that, that's a salutation or, you know, or that, that exit. It's changed a little bit. And that's okay. I think it's, it's become a really cool thing now. Um, but like, as far as like the language of like, I don't know, like, what do you mean far as like language of like rituals? Uh, or like, like, I guess like titles of things, like, like the lamb yeah. and stuff like, like that. Because he talks to me all the time about stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we have to remember that we're filthy Americans. Um, and that's why I'm always so big on that one in my channel. When I say, like, I get to like really big old Norse words, I'm like, guys, I'm American here. Like, I'm not trying to be Scandinavian. I'm not trying to be Nordic. Like, I've never done a DNA test. I'm sure there's a little bit in there, but I don't know how much. And I'm not trying to like, change my vocabulary i'm probably going to still speak english the rest of my life um so when it comes to like terms in the faith you know i look at those equivalents instead of saying bloat i say offering um instead of you know like in landvetir like landvetir is just a norse word for land spirit so like if you just go talk to a waterfall i don't think it's really going to care if you call it a landvetir or not you know that is you know it's a waterfall spirit you know it might have a name itself um, you know, knowing the names isn't really necessarily going to change the faith. Now, it might help you in the research aspect of it. That's what you know? I was about to say. It probably comes with research, right? Because if you're if you type in land spirit into Google, you might get a, a wide range of topics from various cultures and belief systems. But if you type in land vitier, you will get specifically Norse related topics. So I think that's where it's going to help you out. Had to get any more questions? Uh, that's pretty much all I'm here for. That's if you get any more questions. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's probably a good thing if I had questions. Uh, we did alter work. Did, uh, we did alter work. You did the vocabulary, which I didn't know you were going to ask a question on, but that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's also hard for me because I had to listen to the podcast. And it's just, it's really informative on a lot of the questions that a newcomer would ask. So, I mean, Wisdom so, Odin as a whole is just a good resource, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to promote you a little there, Jacob. There it really go. is. Yeah. Like, it's helpful. Yeah, I mean, we, we've covered topics like uh, DreamWorks with uh, Babushka. Uh, you have any works with like, yeah, <laughs> what about Ancestry? Do you have any um, questions for Ancestry? Not really. I mean, I have a podcast for that. I, mean, it's just, <laughs> uh, it's, I guess that's a, a challenge I'm having, though, because like maybe I should have never listened to the podcast. Okay, it was good to ask me then. You know, probably been a lot more informed. I'd have a lot more questions, but um. Well, so there's, there's, so what you maybe you should think about is like before you even started listening to the podcast, did you have anything pop up that you were like, or you know maybe you know what in the podcast were you like, oh, I'm glad that was explained to me. So like you know as like a beginner's guide kind of thing. Honestly, I'm not just trying to like sound like I'm putting Jacob and y'all like on a pedestal, but like I mean it's like every episode, like because. I don't, I'm not going to tell him this in person because he's my brother, but like when you just y'all's discussions with the guests y'all have on and everything, it's just super informative. So like, it's pretty much every episode, like, you know, that's, that's cool. That's something that I get to learn just from hearing y'all talk about. So. Uh, but something we could go over just because I know it's something that new people always ask uh, in the faith is how do I find other Norse pagans? I know we've talked about it before and we will talk about it again, but it could be something good to go over. Cover the base. Well, how do you find it? The next thing, yeah. So, yeah, well, you do have the wisdom over the Discord for Patreon. <laughs> uh, Ian, let me toss this off to you. You've been quiet for a bit, yeah. I think it's kind of funny 
it, sometimes you get, you just find people like once you get a little bit deeper into the practice, you kind of pick up on things, um, you know, or you, like, where you just randomly meet individuals. I mean, shoot, there is Jacob, you met, you ran into somebody at Dairy Queen the one day that recognized your tattoos, you know, and that just like that, like the most random occurrences I've had people, you know, I openly wear my meal near around. I'll have people ask me about it and it, you know, very rare here in New Mexico, but it, traveling to the gatherings and stuff, I've had a few people, you know, that knew what it was or, you know, et cetera, like that. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure my boss at work is a closet pagan because he's got crystals and stuff in his uh, office that I have, that I didn't know what they were at first. I knew what they, I knew what it was. I didn't know what type of crystal it was. I just knew it was a stone because I've seen it at tons of metaphysical shops and things like that. But I feel like the longer you're in the practice, you kind of start to pick up on some of the nuances that the way that people kind of act. So it's just kind of like keeping an eye out for those things as well. Um, I think the thing that surprised me, uh, especially recently, is how few people are actually online. Uh, it looked like you were going to continue to talk, so I paused. Oh, I was going to start rambling. So I guess this is the, the further you're in your path, your pagan senses just start tingling. Yeah, you get a little bit more into <laughs> Well, yeah, your intuition for picking some of that stuff up kind of increases a little bit over time. And yeah, it's like, it's a lot easier to notice some of those smaller touches. Well, I would say even like the norms or maybe even the gods themselves weave people in and out of your, your life to, to meet, to further their conversations or uh, express new ideas in paganism. So here's a really great story for you guys, because I don't think I've shared this with anybody yet. So... Um, the other, it was like two or three weeks ago, my non-pagan friend uh, from DC came into town and we all went out, all my non-pagan friends, there was like three or four of us and we went out to the bars and they all know what I do for a living and you know know pretty, pretty well to the extent of the wisdom of Odin. And they were joking. They're like, oh yeah, anytime we bring Jacob out, we always seem to run into more pagans even though we're like not pagan. And we're all like, oh, that's really funny. And I was sitting there drinking my beer. Not 15 seconds later, this dude like hits my arm and he's like, hey bro, what's that tattoo? And I was like, oh yeah, this. And they were like, you gotta be kidding me and i'm like oh yeah hold on let me talk to this guy real quick and i start telling him about this other uh, tattoo and he's like into celtic paganism we start talking i share the wisdom of odin i'm like man you have a great day and he's like man it was great meeting you and i turn around and look at them they're like you're crazy i kid you not literally uh the my one friend michael goes to get another beer and then at the counter sees a guy with the same like vegvasir like tattoo on his face mask that the bar and he asks him he's like oh yeah into norse paganism he's like oh yeah how did you know and he's like i'm actually hanging out with this guy right now that has a youtube channel about it and so like he comes back to the table and he's like you're not gonna believe this he's like okay here go talk to that guy i'm like all right i'll be back in a bit and uh and then I kid you not, we were waiting for our other friend to show up and she's like in the military and stuff. And so she shows up with her military friends and one of them stops and he's like, oh, bro, what is that necklace? So I'm like, I kind of look at everyone. I'm like, please excuse me. And I start talking to him about it too. <laughs> Three people one night, like within an hour of each other at the same bar, all ran into me because of my like tattoos, because of my owner and because I got that pig magnetism, you know? <laughs> you get that own, bro. That's just like own. Dude, like sometimes, like like when I went to go get McDonald's, like or the, you know got the McFlurry or whatever, it's like sometimes I want to clock out, you know, but like I keep on running into people. <laughs> you kind of can't clock out, Jacob. This kind of like your career at this point. Tattoos are forever, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's kind of like my idea on it, like how to meet people and stuff. I think the more you practice this path, the more like fate. I guess you could say weaves people around you into it. 
speak loud and proud brother loud and proud you know like i don't know i feel like you know yeah i still hide paganism from my parents just because it's one of those things where it's just like or at least my mom because it's like she'll just never understand but every other time i am loud and proud about it like you know i got the pagan tats i'll talk about it in conversations so i'm like at a gas station getting some you know snacks or whatever they're like oh hey you know how you doing today? i'm like oh great they're like what are you up to i'm like oh about to shoot a video on the norse gods and they're like oh cool 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 bro <laughs> and i feel like you know ever since i started doing that is when i have started running into other people in the community uh, like you know shoot i run one of the biggest wiz you know the wisdom of Odin's one of the biggest norse pagan youtubes in the world and i run into people all the time they're like oh i never get on youtube bro <laughs> so there's so many people out there that aren't even like you know like plugged into the matrix so to speak that kind of just practice their own way and you'll never meet them otherwise so you know definitely get out there on social media see you know see what you can find but also uh, you know just be loud and proud out there and you'll be surprised how many people are actually out and um you're talking about how your tattoos start a lot of your conversation that's another question i was going to hand about you know a lot of people new to the faith they probably come from you know watching and consuming viking media you know and um the thing i was going to ask you about is if you know what kind of caution you should have approaching tattoos because i know that you know they can have different meanings and stuff somebody's like oh let me get this because it looks cool and you know they just put something they probably shouldn't have on them which i guess is intense probably a lot to do with it too i mean just yeah. know what you're putting on your body like do the research you know what i mean like it comes to just tattoos in general um having 12 of them on my body right now as we speak you know like it that just comes with tattoos in general but yeah when when you're doing stuff as far as like bind runes and things like that i mean or just anything dedicated to the the faith or to the gods like know what you are doing know what you are what you are putting into your skin and i mean baker i mean you being the tattoo guy i mean uh, you probably have a lot more to say this than right. i do honestly but it, it comes down it comes down to just like what he was saying you just have to you have to do your research know what the symbols are um, you know, if there's anything that there might, that you, that there could be a different meaning for, you can look it up on, and Jacob, I'm sure you can give me like the right website for it, but it was the, um, but there's that, uh, the, it's like the international or national like hate symbol. Thing. Oh, the, uh, anti-definition league. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's mean, that website you can check out this thing, you know, to make sure that nothing you're going to get could be taken in a wrong way. So since I'm planning my trip to Germany, one of the things I was warned about by people that live in Germany, they're like, hey, you know, you have pagan tattoos that might be taken wrong in Germany. I'm like, really? And it's because there still is a really big skinhead population there that like they do kind of own things like the Mjolnir tattoo. Like if you have a Mjolnir tattoo, that's usually a bad thing. And so like, th that's a really interesting thing you have to really think about uh, in certain areas is it, it can be sometimes difficult to have pagan tattoos. And so I definitely recognizing that everywhere in the world is different. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it seems to be a very limited group. So a lot of people try to stay, you know, a lot of very, you know, uh, how do I, how do I word this right? It seems like a lot of people are scared of the runes, especially when it comes to, you know, tattoos or even like, you know, putting them on books, you know, I've had people, you know, call the runes in general racist. And it's like, really, once you understand the history of it, there's really only a couple that have been appropriated by hate groups. Um, and I think, you know, honestly, it can be like, if you get a T-Waz on your arm, like a big giant T-Waz, like in the United States, you're probably not getting much hate for it. But you have to also understand that there is an entire hate group in Norway that uses the T-Waz as their symbol. So it can be kind of difficult. But again, I think that's where it's, you know, important to stay informed. Um, and not only if you stay informed, then you can educate people. Like if you want to be ballsy enough to get a T-Waz on your arm and knowing that might be something that gets brought up, 
have that knowledge in the back of your mind. That way, if someone asks you about it, be like, well, actually, let me educate you on what TWAS actually means. You know, it might not be a conversation you want to have every Tuesday, but you know, that's tears day. So you better have that conversation anyways. Honestly, I had a conversation like that the other day at work. <clears throat> one of my, one of the guys was saw my stuff and was like new and could tell that I was a pagan or thought that I was asked me what my stuff was. And he was like, so dude, I've got to ask you this question. So like, I've heard that all pagans are racist. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, literally, we get called Nazis by one side. We get called leftists by the other. <laughs> I'm really confused on what uniform to wear today. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I think I ended up telling him that like, you probably met more racist Christians than you have racist pagans. Well, I mean, numerically, yes. There's more Christians than pagans, but... Percentage. We'll talk percentages. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. But this has, been a, this has been an interesting tangent on tattoos. But um, the best thing we can say about tattoos is just be educated. Not only if you're using a symbol that might have a sketchy history or a complicated past, um, you know, like my Volknut. I have a Volknut tattoo on my chest, literally the same location the dude that Storm Capitol Hill had on his chest. So, you know, but I posted it the same day and I was like, hey, you know, this guy has this tattoo. I have the same tattoo. Here's why I have my tattoo. Um, I've literally never had anyone question why I have this tattoo, but you know, it's an interesting conversation piece if it ever got brought up. Um, and I understand, and that's one of the things that inspired me to look up the entire history of the Volknut and make a video about it. So that way I can educate people if it does get brought up in conversation. But uh, Josh, um, we're getting close to the 50 or so minute mark. So we probably, if you have one more question, like give us like one good question. Like, I don't care what it is. Like really just like get into the shit, you know, get into the shit. <laughs> Preaching your mind. I, don't know, I guess it would be a good way of like for some people who come from like very you know Christian religious background, it would be a good way for them to you know really find themselves or even explain. You know, you got to explain yourself, but like talk to their Christian family about it if they ever had the felt the need to come out of the pagan closet. So I'm pretty sure that's something a lot of people struggle with. No. So I, I feel like I might be the best one to talk about this because I am very open to my family. About... Wait, hold on, wait. Before you continue, I, both of my parents know I'm faking it. Okay, valid, valid. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm very open about, like, like, I grew up in a household that was very open just out of the, out of the gate. Uh, yes, the majority of my family is Christian. Um, primarily a combination of Catholic and Lutheran, depending on what side of the family they're coming from. But I, I understand that I am very beneficial in how I was, or I was better off in how I was raised with uh, religious practice as a whole, because my family is very open to other ideas. Um, you know, my mom growing up went to a multitude of different religious camps because of her friends being a combination of anything from Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, you know, my mom's been to all sorts of different things. And then my mom herself, um, as an adult, was very much into various forms of paganism, ranging from uh, Celtic, she knows quite a bit about Norse um, paganism, she knows she did stuff with Egypt, etc. like that. So I come from a very wide range of religious uh, points of views just because my family is relatively open so for me it has made it very easy for me to talk about it to my family and it's always it's a bit of a difficult thing for me to kind of 
associate with that idea or that fear of like coming out to family members or other people uh, just because I've had such a different upbringing. I mean, I've talked about it. I talked about it once on my Instagram a while back, but for me, it's, it's one of those things like your family is your family. Like I know a lot of people have this sense of fear of being potentially disowned or something like that. But I mean, in the, I mean, it could happen. I'm sure it has happened, but at the end of the day, like that's your family or by blood regardless. So I don't know. I find it very difficult to, <laughs> to take us over here eating like a squirrel. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's for me, I just, it's just easy for me. I don't know, just because of like my background. Mine just uh, refuses to acknowledge any, any of my pagan stuff. They just, yeah. they see it and they're just like, no. <laughs> well, t- the best advice I can give on that is you, if, if you know your parents and they're super strict or they're super religious and Christianity wise, uh, take that as you will. I mean, they're your family. You know, if you're your own adult you, and you live in your, by yourself, you're not dependent on them any kind of way, you know, you can tell them and I think they'll still love you for it, but it'll take time because, you know, you, you're living your own life. And that's something they'll have to understand. Uh, and, but if you're a teenager and you're listening to this and, and you're living with your parents and you are depending on them to provide for you, that's a completely different scenario. You know, you're still gonna have to go to church. If they go to church, still gonna have to do whatever they want you to do because you're living under their roof. But if they're more open, you know, you could tell them like if, if they're like your parents in. It just it all depends on the the parents and your judgment. I think the biggest thing when it comes to telling your parents, you know, again, this might be hypocritical considering I haven't told my mother, but she's like literally the only one at this point. Um, and is it is it is it does it does it do good to tell them? And that's ultimately why I haven't told my mother. You know, will it get you kicked out of the house? If yes, then you probably shouldn't tell them. Does it suck you're in that situation? Yes, I'm sorry you're in that situation. But like at the end of the day, you need a house. And if you think your religion's gonna get you kicked out of the house, like I wouldn't recommend telling them, you know, if your parents still care for you in some way. And if they don't care for you in any way and they're gonna kick you out of the house too, maybe like like go get some help. Um, but everyone's home situation is going to be different. But like if I told my mother, hello mother, I am Jacob and I am a Norse pagan. And she's going to be like, oh, what? And then I begin to explain. And then I'm like, I also run a really big YouTube account about it. And it's kind of my job now. She might actually just die. She will actually just fold into the ground and like a crucifix will plant itself in the earth next to where she fell. Um, I really do believe it'll do more harm to her and to my family. I love my mother. So out of respect for her, I haven't told her because she's stuck in her ways and I'm never going to change that. Um, And I've just accepted that reality. Um, but then like my father, who is like still very neutral to it, I told him because it's like, dad, this is my job. And like, I can't lie to everybody. Like I can kind of like bend the truth of my mom, but I was like, you're going to find out I'm lying to you <laughs> eventually. So I kind of need to tell you that I'm doing this now. Um, and while he's lukewarm to it, he also gets it, you know, and I, I, I took a risk. And at the end of the day, you know, me and him still have a great relationship. So it's really going to be different for everybody. Um, but we're not here to convert. So I think that's one of the things like with Christianity is like you you really are told to go into a room and like, I believe in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of you need to believe in him as well. And if you haven't, le- let me talk to you for hours on end until you finally convert to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, us, we're just kind of like, yeah, I'm pagan. It's whatever. Well, pretty spot on. It really is, yeah. It's spot on with Christianity. <laughs> 
Uh, and, I, you know, it's like I've had, you know, it hasn't happened in a while, but I've had conversations with, you know, like Christian people before that have run into me and asked me about my religion and things that like, they try to push their religion on mine. And at the end of the conversation, my goal is never to convert them. It's always just to defend my case of why I believe in what I believe. And they're the ones that always want me to convert to their religion. And I'm like, no, and I don't want you to convert to mine. Like, go your own path, live your own way. So I think that's how it is when we tell people our religion too, especially our family members. Like, what is your purpose in telling them? Like, are you just trying to have this big, like, coming out moment? Like, who's that benefiting? It's just building your ego. Like, just practice religion. And like, if they catch you giving an offering in the backyard, like, oops, you got caught. Tell them why you're doing it. Well, uh, actually, Josh, before we actually end the show here, I do want to ask you one more question. So what is uh, the path looking like for you moving forward? Uh, are you going to like, you know, what kind of offerings are you looking to do? What kind of things are you looking to grow into? Like, what's the next few months look like you uh, like look like for you as a Norse Bacon? Um, to tell you the truth, I really don't know. <laughs> Damn it straight. Kinda, Keep it that way. Let it happen. I just day to day, you know, take, take it wherever it takes me, you know, just riding the wave. Not that I've ever served. Hopefully, I can get into at least one of the gatherings, maybe one of the Oklahoma ones or the Tennessee one Caleb's putting on, whichever one I go to. Yeah, because that'll have both of us on. Yeah. Hey, well, if you go to Tennessee, we can get you a tattoo. (laughs) Sold! (laughs) Yeah, I think I've worked by. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I hope it helps anybody that listens to it. I mean, I wasn't a great interviewer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did perfectly fine. I mean, again, everyone here besides me was terrified the first time they recorded too. So you did pretty good. You did better than Ian for his first five episodes. Wow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Your first four and a half episodes. Call him out. I know, right? He had trouble with the audio. He whisper. Yeah, I had to go through and individually increase all of his audio for the first five episodes or whatever it was. We were also using Skype back then. Yeah, Skype was awful. All right. Well, everyone, I'm going to go and end this episode. Um, Josh, you don't have like social media or anything. Like, I don't really need to. I do, but it's personal. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unless you like, do you want to share it? Like, I mean, I don't think you want to. No, nah, I'm good. Nah. All right, cool. Well, everybody, thank you. Uh, thank you, Josh, for being on the show. We appreciate you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you have been able to have this re- uh, connection with Shurd, Um, so you guys can continue to build that bond together with yourselves and with the gods. Um, you know, don't hurt yourselves when you wrestle, but that's also a really cool story. Um, so, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and, no yeah, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and end the show. So now I'm going to get to Shurd's favorite part where he loves to mock me. So if you're interested in being on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's all lowercase, thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be looking for guests here pretty soon. Um, it's going to be pretty crazy there in the next few months. Um, so uh, we'll see how getting guests on the show is going to be. But otherwise, look for our episodes every week. And we can't wait to see you in the next one. And otherwise, until the hall, stall. Oh, oh. oh.